This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. My name is Michael, and I'm the host. I'm here with Lee. He's a pundit. How's it going, man? A pundit, allegedly. Uh, yeah, I'm very good, mate. Very good. Very good that, that this week we're not sweating our tits off. Yeah, this is true. This is true. It is. We've got the window closed, and I'm feeling pretty good. We're brave. We're, well. Well. We, we had to we had to close the window because there are some people arguing outside. That's the that's that's the deal. Um, how was your weekend, man? Yeah, very good. Obviously, uh, the boy opposite us came down for the for the weekend along with Matt Jackson. Went to see some uh, wrestling. Yeah, and uh, yeah, good good times. Good times had by all. And obviously met up with the other boys later on. Some drinkies. Some bad times for them the next day. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick one on Everton. Well, yeah. We, we won. We scored some goals. And we also won in the, in the week and scored some goals. So for me, I'm now in that buzzing Everton mood. Look out. A rarity there. Usually he, <laughs> usually he can be found sitting on his sofa crying handball in every single game. Um, <laughs> Tom Woods, buddy, how are you doing? Uh, less good than last weekend. Uh, or last week, should I say. Uh, ma- mainly because um, you gentlemen have got your T-shirts on. So... The view's less good from, <laughs> from this end. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Did you know, uh, it's probably easy to work out because um, both mine and your teams, Mikey, are fucking hilarious. Uh, we haven't had a weekend where all our teams have won um, simultaneously to have a joyful um, reunion on a Tuesday. Uh, obviously, Manchester United have won how many games this season? Like one. Yeah, and Chelsea have only won one. And obviously the one that United won was against Chelsea, which makes it literally impossible for all of us to have won at the same time at the weekend. So um, congratulations, Lee. Yay. That's no, sweet. Fuck you, congratulations, Lee. I'm not having this. Sorry. Sweet, fuck sweet him. taste. Hey, two wins. Is that sweet toffee taste you're, you're oh, tasting over there? Oh, give it's, over. I'm not having it. It's sweet toffee, no bitter toffee going on at the moment. <laughs> All right, Pulis. What was that laugh about? <laughs> now, we've got a cracking show lined up. Obviously, it's the international break next week. Boo. Uh, you, now, you say boo. You say boo. Right? 
every every time the international break rocks up, I'm always like, ah, oh, here we go again. No more good football. But you know what, mate? I don't care because when I watch United every week, it's not good football. So, you know, it's a fair point because as a Chelsea fan, uh, we've got an injury list uh, which is about three miles long. So hopefully, after the international break, it will be shorter. But there's also that risk that it will be actually longer due to players playing meaningless friendlies um, and getting injured. We've had uh, Paul Pogba and Juan Bissaka both pull out of international duty with injuries themselves. Is that injuries or actual injuries? I, your guess is I'm going mine. to guess the latter uh, on Pogba, oh. but uh, Aaron Wan bissaka that's a concern. A back injury for Wan bissaka Can I ask, are they, are they not qualifiers? You might be are right, mate. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, you're, so you're, there, you're, there is some meaning to the game. It, who are we playing? Yeah, I'm lo- that's what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to it. Huh. Okay, yeah. how much are you looking forward to it? Who are we playing? Bulgaria. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's against some that look. If it, it's going to be against some no mark nation, right? And we're going to turn up and we'll get a boring two hey, win. Bulgaria, no mark nation, mate. They're a good team. Oh, well, back in 94, mate. Come on. <laughs> the legendary Stoichkov. Stoichkov, what a player. <laughs> What Speaking player. of water players, this is a complete... We didn't discuss this beforehand at all. You know, like on Sky, you get the thing which is like the football's greatest show. Yeah. And they'll do like a profile on like an old school player. Just a random comment. You said Stoichkov, and it's got me thinking very quickly about Georgie Hadji. Now, I mentioned this to you the other day, Lee. When I was a kid, right, I had a friend of mine called Gary who absolutely loved Hadji because he had a thunderbolt of a, of, a, of a shot on him. He did. Why well, did not take into consideration what I did not appreciate as a kid is how fucking skillful this guy was oh it was outrageous wasn't he Georgie Hadji was like the most skillful player I've ever seen also um, when he joined Gala um, in the late 90s it had it in his deal um, about getting a bonus if they won a European trophy which he successfully did beating who in the final Looking at me blankly, it was Arsenal. Uh, so that was quite delicious. So Arsenal when, when bottling another European final. Late fight. 90s? Uh, he joined them in the late 90s. It was the early 2000s that they beat Arsenal on penalties. In UEFA the Cup UEFA Cup or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Georgie Hadji, legend. Also, um, I think he scored an absolute wonder goal at the World Cup in 94. I believe he did. I believe he did. He scored plenty of them too. He scored plenty. You mentioned Arsenal. Mm. What, a wonderful, what a wonderful way to, to go into the first segment. So, I have a question for the pair of you whilst the motorbike goes on outside our window. Yeah? I love motorbikes. Nice and loud. <laughs> yeah? Nice and loud. Um, unlike the Emirates. Arsenal, unlike the... Oh, wait, 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 you say this. The Emirates was fucking buzzing, man. It second was, half it was, it was. Second half it was, yeah. It's the only so, game that ever gets buzzing, though, isn't it? Is the, is the North London derby. And that North London derby... I have a question for you on it. Mr. Collard... Who's the top team in North London? <laughs> what, based on that game or just my overall view? All right, I'm, reading out, I'm, I'm going to read out the question that you wrote right, <laughs> to give to me. <laughs> Who is the top team in North London following hey, this weekend's draw? This was Woods. This is Woods' question. But I, I, will, I will attempt to answer it. Um, <laughs> I actually think Arsenal are the most disappointed coming out of this weekend. Um, you know, for, for a little snapshot of the game itself, you know, it was, it was, you know, we had a great, you know, we, had, we enjoyed it, didn't we? 
we, we sat there, we were entertained, we said it several times. Uh, it was very much like to and fro, uh, attack, you attack, we attack, you attack. Um, but ultimately, Spurs went 2-0 up, um, thanks to, <laughs> once again, some calamitous defending from Arsenal. Now, I'm going to sound like a stuck record or, or a parrot, I, I, I don't know. But, you know we're going to be constantly regurgitating this same line about Arsenal's defending. Um, where do you go with the, with, you know, the, was it Socrates come steaming out? Louise was in no man's land. It was, it was, it, he, he it was comical, as I, as I said. Socrates comes steaming out for a ball that he doesn't have to try and win. And he doesn't even get near it. Yeah, he's, he, he doesn't commit to anything, does he? He's like, I'll, I'll come charging out, but I'm not going to clatter you. I'm not even going to attempt to win the ball. I'm just going to kind of jump feebly in the air two yards behind everyone. And um, yeah. It's the kind of ta- it's the kind of heading tackle I've I put in but, but, on Sunday league, mate. But that was just the start of that. It was like the domino effect of that move because then you've got David Louise, who's again in no man's land. Like literally, Lamella's got all the time in the world, has a feeble shot, and then Leno, your man, is not doing his job, you know, and pads it out to Ericsson. So that that was the first goal, and then obviously the second goal. What, what are you doing, Jacker? What are you doing? Stay on your feet. <laughs> this guy, he, he's he's clueless. He, you know, he's. Um, He's another weak, weak link in that team uh, because he's, he's meant to be protecting the, uh, the, the, you know, what is already a leaky or dodgy defence and he's not the answer. And it was a horrendous penalty. I don't even know what he was arguing about afterwards. I think I read that he's had 39 yellow cards in his time so far well, at Arsenal and two sending off. Mate, it, it was amazing that he only got booked in like the 90th minute of this game. He committed seven fouls, you know, <laughs> and one of them was a, a really bad penalty. Like, you know... It's not not even close to debate. It was like, yes, that's a penalty. You know, even the ball boys are like turning their heads away because you know they're like, wow, what are you doing, mate? Um, and so yeah, uh, the, obviously uh, Arsenal two 0 down, and then they get a lifeline by um, what is a great goal by Lacazette um, just before half time. Absolutely crucial because that crowd would have not been on their back. Uh, they would have been on their back. Sorry, if they'd gone in at two 0 down. Um, so yeah, Lacazette with a. a couple of great touches one obviously that we we enjoyed immensely where he toe pokes it away love that touch and you know a, a smashing you know finish special mention though to Nicola Papa yeah, yeah he, he looked bright he um he had some he had some nice moments he had um a fair few shots as well but um didn't all quite come off for him but it's probably the best performance I've seen of him uh, since he's been at Arsenal but ultimately Spurs are tuning up comes to 2-1 half time second half you know Basically, Arsenal Arsenal should be winning, but at the same time, you could even argue Tottenham could have taken something or you know pull it to bed because you know you had Kane hit the post. Um, there are countless times where you know they didn't quite pull off the last move and Sissoko at the end. Um, but yeah, Bamiyang with it. You know, shout out to Gwendouzi actually for the second half performance. It was is you know it was terrific. And, well, he's uh, been called up to replace Pogba in the French team really? on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, and it was a great ball for as well for uh, for Bamiyang. Um, but to answer your question, I felt like after the game, despite Tottenham being two up and, and, and kind of losing, I felt like it was there for Arsenal to win and to really kind of cement, you know, or, or put that pressure, extra pressure on Spurs and, and ultimately they didn't do it. Um, and I still think, I mean, I'm sure Woods will probably go into Tottenham's issues, but... There's a slight smirk on Woods' face <laughs> as he said that. A little wry smile. You know, there. I mean, the, the, obviously... I'll quickly touch upon the defence of Tottenham. Um, when you've got Serge Aurier on the on, on the bench and he's you know your, your actual right back, and then you're playing a centre back at right back in Davison Sanchez, who 
who looked uncomfortable for pretty much the majority of the game, and he's up against you know some classy forwards in at Arsenal in Nicola Pep and you know Lacazette and Bamiyan because he was playing out wide as well for a lot of the game. Uh, what, what you, yeah, I don't know. Pochettino is, you know, it was a strange decision, and also bringing in the fact that he brought in a rusty Vertonghen who hasn't played all season. Uh, you know, it was almost a recipe for disaster. But it was a, it was a frantic game. I feel like Arsenal probably did a little bit more disappointed, even though they got back into the game. Mr. Woods, Arsenal, the better team. They're just the better team right now, um, and that's Arsenal without having their fullbacks back. You know they're missing Tierney and uh, Bellerin, so they're only going to get better from that point. They still, they still got to work out what to do with that midfield. Um, Celebos should have comfortably been in starting lineup, and I think that we we may well now start to see the migration of Shaka out of that team because, as you said, Lee, he was a he was a disaster. He's a constant liability in there. Uh, he offers. No- can, I, can I can I say one thing about about Shaka just very quickly? <laughs> One thing I did notice about him, yeah, the comedy fouls, the ill discipline, the the you know lack of concentration, blah blah blah. The amount of times in that second half where he picked the ball up deep and pinged the ball out wide with unerring accuracy, his passing in that game was actually quite good. Like, and then there's a number of times when a ball was played and I was like, who played that? And I was like, oh fuck, it was Shaka. Like, that, that, that's great, but that, that, transi- he's, he's that transitional goals. play is decent. Well, yeah. yeah, obviously. So, I mean, that's the that's problem with Shaka because ultimately his distribution from deep is really strong. That's obviously why he's still getting in the lineup because he is a liability in there. He doesn't offer any cover because the man can't tackle. Uh, Arsenal had 26 shots versus 13 so they were by far the better team on Sunday um, and Spurs went 2-0 up and were fortunate to really get out with a draw uh, Arsenal I think they're just going to go from strength to strength really um, once they get their f- we, have, we, have a, we have a drain problem here that's fine I'll talk louder so hopefully they can only yeah. hear my voice <laughs> but I think once they work out how they're going to play their front three um, obviously there was some interesting points by Jose uh, who was in the studio on Sunday. And I think that it is better to play Lacazette through the middle because I think that his goal on Sunday showed his ability as a striker, but also he's an intelligent player who can bring others into it. And it hit very much in a Firmino mould in that sense, but probably a bit more lethal. Uh, I know that Aubameyang isn't going to be play- too happy playing from the left-hand side, but for the good of this team, I think he's going to have to play that position. And he'll still get plenty of goals from that position as well uh, with players uh, like Lacazette playing through the middle. So I think once they try and well, eventually work that out, I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, on Tottenham, though, um, I thought 2-0 was probably generous oh, uh, when when they did get the two-goal lead. Obviously, with two on at half-time. Uh, but th- they have a big problem, though, with, um, with Harry Kane and... and fitting into this team he went a full 15 minutes on Sunday without touching the ball um, and when you're watching him he looks like a square peg in a round hole at the moment which is f- unbelievable to think um, how good he has been for this Tottenham team uh, but Tottenham's pressing game he can't partake in at the moment now I don't know if he's just not fully fit or if he's nursing himself or he's ta- what he's doing um, but his tackling numbers are through the floor compared to where he's when, been when, when has he ever been fully fit like we, we I swear all we've talked about on this show when it comes to Tottenham is Kane doesn't look fit why like you know he's not on it like there seems to be the recurring theme with him is that he's never sharp no um, something's not right um, I think tactically, he just doesn't fit with Pochettino's plan. Pochettino wants to obviously have that high press uh, and your high press is always only as good as your weakest link. And right now, Kane is is 
is a is a liability in that press. Um, their best performances, arguably, were last year in the Champions League, um, and they came whilst um, Harry Kane was out of the team, and they had a front two of uh, Mora and Son, who obviously do a very good job of the pressing game. They have a problem um, because he isn't going to get better because he's not going to get fresher. Like he's had the first time in a while that he's been able to have a long-term rest to get himself right, and it just doesn't look there. Um, and the bigger concern is as well is that um, where we say with Arsenal, they've got players to come in that will improve this team. You know, basically having actual fullbacks will help. Um, we we touched on it week after week after week with Tottenham. They don't have any fullbacks. Sanchez was an unmitigated disaster at right back. You know, he was woeful. But the thing is, is that Walker Peters has been awful as well. Walker Peters, I've, I've only just watched him for the last three weeks. He gets into offensive positions and shits the bed and passes it back. He just has no ability in the final third. And you're looking at kind of where you need to be to be a top team. You need to have fullbacks that offer something offensively. Um, Tottenham have had a really good, what, four-year spell? One nothing. Right now, they're falling back towards fourth place as opposed to closing the gap on second. Um, I think the bubble's burst. I think that we're going to see Pochettino gone in the summer. I was a little bit surprised that it didn't happen this summer. Um, I, but I think that the wheel's going to be off this. Um, I don't think that they're anywhere near where they need to be. And I just don't see it getting much better. I still think they're probably uh, good enough to finish top four. Um, they're certainly better than what Chelsea and Manchester United are right now. But they're, they're expected to be because they're in what year five of the Pochettino era, um, strengthening and supposedly. But they look as bad as they've looked in a long time. And to give you an idea, 2019, the calendar year, Tottenham's results in the league, um, nine wins, four draws, nine losses. They're, they're winless in their last eight away with only two draws and six defeats. This isn't a new issue. This is an issue that's lingering and carrying over from last season. It's big concerns. Uh-huh. And to shout out as well, their, their, their record against the top six is, is also pretty abysmal, especially recently, as you know, to couple along with you know the fact they're not picking up results against other teams in the league. Mm. You know, they, yeah, potentially, obviously, they're not, they're not going to be challenging for the, for that title like they were, you know, and I say were in inverted commas like they were last year for the, you know that two week period, you know, just after <laughs> Christmas. But yeah, I, you know, I, I just feel like with Arsenal, though, whilst maybe visually, you know, and you know, even you know, on the pitch and it looks better. I still think, you know, there's just something not quite right with Arsenal either, you know, and I don't know. I just think, you know, that defence will always be got at. I think both teams are capable of having a really good game, um, but I don't think either team are capable of being consistent at all. I guess it's worth touching on one more thing before we go on as well about Kane. Um, Was it a dive? (laughs) Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's not a dive, but it is a dive, if that makes sense. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to win a penalty yeah. without... And he makes sure there's contact. So theoretically, once that contact's there, you can't really call it a dive as such. But he throws himself into... Was it Socrates, wasn't it? So The best thing that Kane has with this diving thing is that he has plausible deniability. Because you, you can say... And, any, and like contact. an old-school centre-forwards have come out and said, come on, body yeah, cross. but as a centre-forward in that position, you get your body in between the defender and the ball. And... In this his, day, his, issue, his issue was he was too theatrical. If, he, if, he'd done, if he'd done that less theatrical, he would have stood a good chance. Of yeah. Him. Well, unless VAR would have intervened, you know, which I'm sure we'll touch upon later. <laughs> but it won't fucking Probably wouldn't have, but you know. Let's, let's, crack, let's crack on. Yes. Let's get moving. Moving our pace. Mm. I think we're already a couple of minutes over now. So, yeah, uh, I'll be going to bed late. Thanks. <laughs> We've got Bake Off, mate. 
We have got the Bake Off, to be fair. That's what, that's what we've got to move on for, mate. Yeah, that is true. Um, so you're talking about Spurs potentially trying to cling on to this top four. You've got Arsenal trying to, well, I suppose, get into the top four. You've also got three other teams in West Ham, Everton and Leicester who want to break into that top six. Mm-hmm. Who do they do it for and which team will do it? Um, I think the obvious choice is Leicester still. Uh, Leicester looked really good at the weekend. Um, probably one of the... Uh, look, to talk about the three teams, you talk about Leicester, West Ham and Everton. Those are the three teams that everyone will talk about. Wolves are... I'm not too sure about Wolves right now. And, you know, Everton probably had the best result of the weekend, beating a competitor, a rival for that top six position. Um, Historically, it's not good for Wolves, is it? That's the issue. No. Because the, the Europa League involvement... And it's going to drain other teams. It's going to drain them. we can't include them in this list, can we? No. And it, they looked tired for what it's worth watching the game at the weekend and um, I think had Everton put in a brighter performance they probably would have won a bit more comfortably Uh, they certainly made more of a game of it through one reason or another but uh, Leicester obviously have one of the best midfields in the country they have two very good fullbacks and most importantly they have a proven goal scoring Jamie Vardy who has found a new lease of life under Brendan Rodgers Um, his first goal at the weekend was delightful Full of confidence Beautiful. that was. He, he, he's the informed striker as well in the Premier he League. He is. He is. I think since Rodgers has taken over, I think he scored 14, is it? I, think, I thought it was 12. Is it 12? Either way, he's got, yeah. the, he's, got, he's got the most in the Premier League though, hasn't he? He has. Ahead of, of everyone in ahead that period. Of, yeah. So um, he certainly found his goal-scoring boots and um, yeah, there's a good feeling about them as well. They feel positive. They go into games confident. I mean, I watched them play Chelsea a couple of weeks back and they were the better team comfortably in the second half. Um, it's, yeah good times there but West Ham I don't think are going to be a million miles behind them because also most importantly they've found themselves a goal scorer in Haller uh, who's already Haller Haller uh, who's, who's already found his feet uh, in, in, the, in the Premier League he looks good he looks really good um, and also important that's another one for VAR in a second as well yeah I, I was going to say it and I was Jesus like Christ. I know we've got that coming up uh, Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko uh, from Wide Air is also carry a lot of quality uh, midfield obviously they've got um, I think that kind of Lanzini offers he's playing more century right now I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about this but he obviously offers a bit uh, a guile from there but you've got the, the Noble and Rice combination in there that can obviously cover as well so I don't think West Ham are a million miles away from Leicester and for what it's worth I think both of them are going to finish top six because you ask me who's going to fall out I've seen enough of United and Chelsea this year to tell you categorically neither of those will finish top six this season Big call. Big call. I'll say quickly with West Ham, um, one of the big changes for them in the last two seasons is the fact they've got a sporting director now as well, haven't they? Mm. Um, and you can see it in their in their transfer dealings and the way they're approaching their business now. It's not as chaotic as it used to be with the, uh, you know, the, was it Sullivan and Gold, you know, who who are just lad mouths brash in there, you know, the way they try to approach and sign players. You know, there's a lot more subtlety and actual Maybe a bit of class, as we said with with Haller. You know, they've needed a goal Hello. scorer. Hello, they've needed a goal scorer for for a long time, and you know, maybe they've found one. Um, just a little bit on my team, though. Everton. Uh, we watched the game, didn't we? Collect well. I say we watched the game collectively. Uh, no, right. I'm, 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 I'm interrupt you right there, okay? Did we bollocks watch the game? Right. So we so we're all seeing there. We've had a big night out, right? Watched some pro wrestling. Went on the net. Went on the town in London. Yeah, a bit of Shoreditch. Had some cocktails, had a good time. 
The next day, we're all sitting down. There's how many of us was there? Four. Four, Four of us sitting down to watch the game. We we we, we arrive and it's two one to Everton because we were playing we were playing Provo. That's correct. We were playing Provo. We won, right? Mikey. So let's not shit on it too much. This is true. This is true. And then what did what did the penalties, two penalties? What did the penalties? Two, shut up. Delicious. What did the two boys? To my right and to my left, both tried to decide to do. Oh, let's put the Formula One on. Yeah, let's put the Formula One on and miss all the goals. Every <laughs> fucking time we put the Formula One on, we, we did, missed the goal. We literally did miss all the goals somehow, and all the play that we did watch probably wasn't as good as maybe the peers <laughs> around the goals. And then after the game, right after the game, when it's like, okay, they're going to go to the studio and they're going to show us the goals quickly. No, no, we missed that because of the Formula One again. <laughs> yeah, infuriating. So what we did see. Um, <laughs> I don't think was as especially appealing on the eye as as a Leicester. Um, we seem to put a lot of our focus, and you commented on it, didn't you? Was that you know we seem to be attacking from the wings and, and putting crosses in. Um, I, I don't, you know, for for what it's worth, you know, it's, it's not aesthetically pleasing. You know, I think it paid off this weekend against Wolves with uh, Richarlison with a superb header at the end. He ain't scoring thirty headers a season, son. But yeah, that's the thing. Um, this is what I was going to mention: is that Everton don't have a proven striker, you know, uh, an out-and-out goal scorer like other the than, do, other than Cenk Tosin <laughs> or Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Exactly. You know, He's the, feared you know, the name you're saying, you know, and obviously we have still got to give time to Moyes Keane as well. So. For me, Leicester is, is, are the front runners. I agree with you, Woods. There, can, you know, they've got a proven goal scorer. Can I just touch on Moyes Keane as well? Um, because I think we probably want to touch on this. Graham Souness. Um, Graham Souness. I was going to touch upon him at the end. Hint, hint. Okay, so apologies for this, Lee. But <laughs> Graham Souness made up a fucking story that suggested that Moyes Keane has a off sh- off field issues um, and lacks a mentality to make it at the top level, uh, which is just an unmitigated fucking lie. Because the reason why Everton managed to get Moyes Keane is because uh, your director of football put the groundwork in, showed how clearly he wanted this player to play for Everton. As a result, he made it clear to Juventus that he wanted to play for Everton. He was in the last year of his contract. That's why there's no buyback. That's why it was good value. He's made up. They this... weren't shifting Dybala. They were. They were having Higuain come back. So you know there was no room for him. No, exactly. Um, Juventus are all in now on winning the European Cup. They don't really have time to bring a 19-year-old along. They're going to go with Higuain and Ronaldo like they have been uh, so far this season. Uh, and he's just made up this fucking ridiculous lie. And what's what the, almost as bad? I mean, I think it's it, the worst part of it is this libel story that he's just basically made up is the fact that he sat there and you could see him calculating who he was going to say because he he wanted to say Pogba you could see he wanted to say he's got the same problem as Paul Pogba but he went and found another player Adebayor and what's the similarities here at some point it goes beyond kind of like him being a pundit and being critical of a player who he believes has got natural talent to the point that he is Racist without Said. without realizing it. <laughs> I, I don't just, know. Just if... there, 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 there was like strong hints of you know undertone racism in the Absolutely. way he, he, he approached the whole subject. It, it was awful, and then the fact that he admitted it on 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 air live that he, he was basing this on kind of nothing, just you know, just kind of like a hunch. My feeling about this is is that <laughs> my be- feeling because you know, he's a black oh, so player because he's, he's a black player exactly. Prick. And I'm going to pick out another black player that's had a bit of attitude in the past and I'm going to compare them. As you said, you can see that he probably wanted to go with Pogba um, and you thought, well, no, I have actually had a little bit of stick about that actually in the past and so maybe I'll, I'll pick another player. Oh, Adebayor. No, terrible. 
Awful. It's shocking. Um, and, and, you know, he was called out, obviously, on social media, but he's just deaf to it. And while we've got, obviously, these issues with racism um, in football and it's happening every week and it's disgusting that, obviously, we've got this big wave of um, online trolls targeting black players if they make an error in a football match uh, for waves of abuse. And, but this, this guy's is bad for me because he sits there in front of millions of people peddling the same bullshit and he's getting paid to do it yeah you know we, we we can i think that's what he's doing is he's feeling the next generation yeah yeah of racists you know it's, it's subliminal, subliminal messages that are being put into people's heads that you know this is bruv you'll start writing for the sun soon or something of the daily mail you see we, we we in this country like to feel that we've got a bit of a moral high ground over syria which obviously had a fucking disgusting situation this weekend with calorie fans booing and making gestures to lukaku who scored again and scored a winner this ironically weekend. as well where Keane also was racially abused yeah, last season yeah um and obviously it seems that this is finally uh awoken Syria to actually get on and do something. It seems they have finally taken it seriously. We'll, we'll see if it's just words or not. Uh, but we do have issues in this country. It's very clear we've got issues in this country right now. Um, social media is obviously not good for it. Um, I think that, Mikey, I think we've engaged with a discussion previously, like what more can social media companies do? And uh, as a non-tech expert, you know, there's not much that they can do in shutting this down just by the way that social media exists. But one thing that you can do is have a pundit that just stops racially stereotyping players. Then it's the, the, the only thing that I can Removing. think of that social media companies can do without having some kind of crazy verification for people to not be able to create multiple accounts and things like that is just a system-wide word checker. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. so... If there are any mentions of any kind of a ba- like a banned word list, an algorithm, exactly, including like misspellings, including kind of you're fucking proud of that, aren't you? Look at yeah. his face. <laughs> Lee knows the word algorithm. Look out, Jesus Christ! Um, you know, just have some kind of like like master list of of phrases and words that if picked up if picked up upon, you know, means that. I don't know it gets reported or deleted, some or deleted or scrutiny on it. The, the, the only thing with that is, is that I would imagine. Like, the, think how many tweets are going out every minute of every day. Think of the extra power and server power needed to be able to have mm-hmm. to scan every single fucking one. It, it, it ain't they, happening. They're I'm, making billions, though, aren't they? It's not companies. happening, mate. It's not happening. Google makes billions. Google still goes down. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. not happening. It, it's mate, just not physically not possible. I mean, you know, it's, 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 a very, it's a very interesting situation. And it's one of those things, to be honest, I'm quite fascinated to see how they go. Because um, I, I may be wrong. Someone may better sit there and say, actually, we've done it. Here it is. But I, 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 there has to be something done. I mean, I think it was Manchester United that have actually sat down or are organising a meeting with Twitter, aren't they, to actually kind of figure out what can be done to try and protect players um, from being abused in this way on social media because it's just not on. No, it's not. It's absolutely not on. And I think the, the only other thing I would say is, is that, you know, it's the whole thing of if no one's around to hear it, it doesn't make a noise. And it's like, well, what Phil Neville said the other week about taking teams off of social media, take players off social media, I said at the time, players ain't going to want to lose all that sponsorship money. They're not going to have to want to lose all that promoted content that they peddle out every fucking week. But... 
How far away are we from something like this, where if you sign for a club, it's in the contract, you do not have social media? There, 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 are, there, are, there are, I mean, I, I joined a company years ago, and they, in my contract said, you must have a social media account. Wow. Like if, there, there, there are, there are they, they do it that way. Surely there's a way of doing it the other way. You know what I mean? Maybe there is something there, and a club has to set a precedent of doing it and being firm with it and see how it goes. But there needs to be something done. Completely agree. Mm. Got a little bit off topic, but... Yeah, so in summary then, going back to, you know, the subject. So who, I, I think for, for me, I think Leicester have the potential to go top four based on our previous conversations. You know, the fact that Tottenham are looking weak mm. this year. Arsenal are still indifferent. Man United and Chelsea are indifferent. To, to get, in my opinion, to get top four, you need a squad. And I don't think Leicester have a squad. What, what's in Leicester's favour is they've got no, no European football. Yeah, but they're still playing. They're still playing cup competitions, and they're still there. If if Vardy gets injured, that's who's it, that's scoring the, the goals? Issue. The if issue for that is if Madison Vardy gets, gets injured. injured, who's creating the goals? Like mm. they have, like one of the things levelled at Liverpool is that they that they they don't get injured, right? So Salah always plays every game, and you know, Mane gets injured a little bit. But if you take a player out of that team, they're not the same team. But then they still kind of get. I mean, Man City are the prime example, right? You take someone out, and someone else comes in pretty seamlessly. It all depends on injuries, and it's very difficult to make this assumption. But I do agree with you. Leicester are the most well-equipped in terms of their manager, style of play, effectiveness. It's probably Leicester. Yeah, because Everton can't score goals other than headers. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Leicester and West Ham will both finish, like I said, above United and, and Chelsea. Both those teams have significant issues. Obviously, Chelsea defensively, uh, but also. Uh, there's a lack of cohesion offensively right now and there's a lot of reliance on um, injured players returning and just turning this club back into a top four contender regarding Manchester United we watched them obviously this weekend Mikey um, I thought they were fucking dreadful um, the midfield who? the mid- midfield's just a mess who? <laughs> United nah don't know who you're talking about <laughs> um, so so I just want to say though just one thing though uh, no <laughs> Lindelof we're moving on now Lindelof mate we're done He's getting, Lindelof is getting his lunch money stolen every fucking week right now. That boy is getting beaten up um, and he's being targeted um, as, a, as the weak link in that back line and he's going to have to toughen up. Yes, he will. <laughs> Thank you for that. Daniel James, Although Daniel if, James though. If Lingard gets number seven, by the way, then fuck football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mate, it, it would be the icing on the cake, mate, wouldn't it? Don't. I, I'm, I, I will actually... Your call. number seven, the great number sevens of Man United's past, you know, your Beckhams... Oh, fuck off. We've had Valencia, <laughs> Owen, Ober and fucking you've had, Sanchez. And you've mate. had like George Best, mate, and, Be- and Beckham, mate, heroes. And Cantona. And now Lingard. Cantona, Beckham, Ronaldo. Ronaldo? <laughs> and it's gone, what, Valencia, Owen? Sanchez. Sanchez. Did Mkhitaryan have it before Sanchez? Oh, that's a good... I don't no, think I don't so. think he did, did he? I think that's at Arsenal, he's got it. Um, yeah, what a fucking joke. <laughs> no more, no more. Speaking of jokes, eh, Mike? Sp- lovely. Hey. <laughs> Fuck me, someone had their shreddies this morning. Um, another game week, another weekend of varsical decisions. <laughs> I didn't write that joke. Someone wrote that for me. Which of you wrote that? Mr. Pandemonium over there. Pandemonium? You're welcome. Wow. Bold. Mr. Collard, talk to me about VAR. Which one? Which game? <laughs> well, that, that's where we're at now, isn't it? That's literally where we're at. Where, where do we start? You know, you, you shout one at me and I'll have a discussion about wait, it. Wait, go on. Just, just start. 
All right. Uh, let's let's start with with for me what was a clear and obvious red card for Tillemans. See, okay. See, maybe no, no. I completely agree, mate. I thought it was a disgusting oh, tackle. Right, okay, Sorry, okay. mate. No, so yeah, yeah. Me, this is the issue. Then, if we disagree, no, then absolutely. How can we then argue it. Okay, good. Because it was for me a clear and obvious red card. So Tillemans has uh, gone in on Wilson. He's um. Given the complete benefit of doubt, I don't think there is actual malice in the tackle. No. However, it's high, it's dangerous, he's gone over the top. And how Wilson actually stayed on the pitch and played on, I don't know, because his ankle looked like it would be massacred. Well, we, we, when we was watching it, it was like, what's a match of the day, right? Yeah. When he came back, then it was Wilson was having a chance doing something. I was like, he's alive. <laughs> he's still playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe Wilson helps him out. I, I, I generally don't know, because afterwards he spoke quite nicely about the situation. Uh, in terms of, you know, he, again, he just reiterated he didn't think there's any malice. But when that goes to VAR, you know, I, I don't understand what they're looking at and what, what they need for something to be clear and obvious. It was things like this last year that I was looking forward to to being cleared up. And I, I feel completely foolish in believing that, you know, all all the sins of football and all the wrongs and all the, you know, the missed I don't know, decisions like that, you know, would get overturned. And, and the, it wasn't. The, the thing that, like, much like you, in the same vein, right, if, if there's a penalty shout, right, if a player goes down in the box and the referee says it's not a penalty, and according to VAR it is a penalty, then it's a clear and obvious error. It's black and white. It's not a penalty or it is a penalty. And if the ref says it's not a penalty, but it actually should have been a penalty, overturn it. That's the fucking point, isn't it? Yeah, but we said it last week, didn't we? Probably the week before, and we'll probably continue walking, uh, oh. you know, talking about this in the weeks to come until they lower that bar. You know, this threshold they've got, you know, what is clear and obvious, which we've yet to see, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, when we talked about that, uh, what's his name, Androni, you know, for the Brighton, <laughs> and I said, oh, it doesn't matter because you know we would have had VAR if it was missed. I, I, I'm genuinely now looking back, thinking. Maybe even that isn't the threshold for what is a clear and obvious red card. You know, what maiming someone on the football pitch? <laughs> well, yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous at this point. Um, I think there's an issue with how it's being used. Um, I think it's the way that... I think VAR in this country is being viewed as a way of refereeing the referees. And I think that is kind of... They don't want to be critical of referees making decisions. Um, and as a result, they've been reluctant to use it. Uh, whereas what it should be being used is obviously as a, a tool to help referees... That's what it is. It's to help referees. Referees can't see everything. It's impossible. There's only one of them on a the field. Uh, there's 22 other players on there. There's the ball moving around. Everyone's running at such you know pace. They're not going to be able to see everything, and thus VAR can assist with this. But for some reason, it's almost like it's being uh, reserved because they don't want to make the refs look bad. Uh, the thing is, the refs have 50,000 people every, every fucking week calling them a wanker, right? Yeah. And criticising the decisions. And they've got millions of people on social media criticising decisions. They've got pundits, highly paid pundits, former professionals, criticising their decisions. Yet, they don't want a computer to do the same. It's, it, what it's doing is it's giving the referees an excuse, though, isn't it? Because now it's like, well, I've missed the decision, but good old VAR, they've checked it and they've backed me up. So... They need to sort and if, this it, if anyone's going to get the blame now about the decision that's made, it's now VAR because and the people that we don't see. It's already starting to impact the relegation battle as well. And this is obviously what I said at the start of the season, which is why I wanted it, because, or why you can't take it away, because it's important that these decisions get made and they're correct for the teams that are fighting at the bottom as much as it is at the top. Uh, Newcastle this weekend should have had a goal ruled out for handball, much like the Man City one. As a result, 
Watford were robbed of two points. Effectively, you know, it was a three-point swing against his fellow relegation rival. So Watford should have won the game. Newcastle should have lost. Obviously, when you look at them where they are on the table, they are actually competing against each other. Uh, Villa went to Palace this weekend. Um, had a, oh. I mean, this is fucking shambolic because of... This was. It's, were they lying when they said about this? So Villa obviously <laughs> scored a goal and then they're like, yeah, but the whistle went beforehand. And then they literally show on the TV, they're like, well... He definitely didn't blow the whistle because there's no... Mate, no, 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 no. The, the, what you don't understand about the referee is that he is actually the flesh. <laughs> he is the quickest man at putting the whistle to his mouth of all time. He fucking lied. And there's cameras. What are you doing? That's the thing. We're watching it and, and, and there's nowhere near his mouth. And then we let him, we then hear it, uh, you know, but the, 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 the camera pans away from the referee. So we don't for actually like, see him. For like a second. Like a split second. It's ridiculous, mate. Um, and again... <laughs> Uh, Villa and Palace will be fighting towards that end of the table uh, although Palace are somehow fourth now um, Palace are two points better off uh, Villa are one point worse off uh, th- these things will tally up over a season I-, I-, I wish that I was keeping an eye on this and I might go back now and kind of try tracking as to where the points are being won and lost where VAR should have been getting this right because um, I thought that we needed it um, to stop this situation happening. Um, fortunately for West Ham, Hallow obviously had a clear, clear, clear pen- penalty uh, that should have been given, uh, wasn't given. Can't understand why it wasn't, but fortunately for West Ham on the day, they were far too good for, for Norwich. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And it, the thing is as well, it's not even been used for, for everything that it can be. Um, we watched a game at the weekend, as I said, Mikey, and uh, uh, Southampton played a team in red. Uh, they weren't in red, they were in black. Um, and there was a moment where the ball had clearly gone off an offensive player and the corner was given. Why can't VAR look at it and go, well, clearly it's come off the offensive player. It's a goal kick. Because say that team in black... It's a two-second job as well. This is like, it, it, it could do that in a, it, because it's a set piece, so the game is stopped. So it's, it's not like we're going to be delaying the game. You literally look at it, 30 seconds, no, it's a goal kick. Get on with it. Um, it's other things as well. Uh, diving. So... Your boy Daniel James has been unfairly penalised this season for diving. Why the fuck are they not looking at this to make sure that they are booking players correctly for diving? Because he should have had that yellow card rescinded, had VAR looked at it and gone, no. Also, um, holding at corners. Now, it's not necessarily been a big issue so far this season, but obviously there was one in the City game uh, against Spurs. because Chris Smalling's been transferred to City. He'll be at home because they allow all that stuff out there. Um, He'll be lauded for his corner defending. Uh, You know what I mean? It's a case that not only is VAR not being used correctly right now, it's it's not even going to be used sufficiently to what it can actually aid with. Um, it's almost like it's a dirty word and we don't want to use it because our, our referees are so, so fucking good at their jobs. And they're just not. They need help. This is their This to is help why them. we've been screaming out for, for help and for, for, to implement VAR so then we no longer had these decisions. But evidently, that's not the case. So let's talk about someone, an, another entity that needs help. Mm. Barry. Mm. I'd like to know, Mr. Woods. Who is to blame for the demise of this club? And what needs to be done to protect another liquidation? Uh, yeah, it's a disgusting situation. And a game that's obviously so, so wealthy uh, that a team can go out of business like this. Uh, the Berry situation is a very sad one. Um, I think, are they one of the the originals? The original football yeah, original football league clubs. 134 Yeah, years old you know, this, this, this is a club that should have been protected a lot better than it was done. Um, 
it all starts back with Stuart, uh, Stuart Day, who overspent big time. He was a property investor, uh, took out bad loans, which um, ultimately led to the club being sold in December to Steve Dale, um, a person that should never have been allowed to get close to a football club, um, a man who has a record of, uh, just to give you an idea, uh, 43 of the 50 companies he has been involved in have been liquidated. This man is an asset stripper, right? Um, he, he should be nowhere near it, and the EFL didn't do any checks, and they just allowed it. Apparently, they didn't need to check that he had the money to be able to run the club until the start of this season, which is why it became a problem now, because they only checked this at the start of each season. So because... Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry, I have to interrupt. What? The, 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 so when they proposed to take over a new club... There's no checks done. I don't. There. I don't know what the checks are. Uh, clearly, insufficient <laughs> checks were made. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable, um, and it's it's so 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 very sad. So he took over in December. Uh, they didn't need to show that at that point, like I said, to, to check uh, then. But they check at the start of each season, which is why it came up now. Um, but the, the the worst thing about this is that it sounds like there was an owner that had seven million pounds in their bank account or a, a proposed owner, uh, but the chair of the football league stopped that from going through because of their their deadline on this. Um, it certainly feels like, for whatever reason, the football league are trying to make an example out of Barry at this point. Um, but they're making Barry an example for a situation that they ultimately caused. Highlighting their own incompetence. Well, uh, but they, they're washing their hands of it. They're going, we did nothing wrong. But clearly in allowing a man like Steve Dale, who I believe said the words, um, I don't even know where Barry is. I've never been to Barry. I didn't even know they had a football club. They let this man buy the fucking football club. Uh, apparently as well, he opened up a separate company to move... Um, all of the um, trophies and everything that they've won over their history into a separate <laughs> company that he owns. Uh, it stinks, man. Why? The, the, I, be, to protect it for himself. I mean, he'll probably claim he's protecting it for the club, but... He'll claim that he won them. This is a guy who failed to pay the wages, didn't he, last yeah, yeah, year? Yeah, they haven't paid. They got promoted. The EFL had to step in then, didn't yeah. they? It's, uh, it's shocking, mate. The whole thing's shocking. I mean, I, I was reading somewhere that uh, the £7 million worth of debt had been sold to a company that I believe had involvements with uh, Steve Dale's son-in-law for £70,000. So to give you an idea, then what happens is this company then goes, right, so for 70 grand, we can basically buy £7 million worth of debt for which we can then turn around to Barry and go, where's our £7 million? It's fucking insane, We had this at Blackpool as well, didn't we? Because they were doing the same thing. They were taking money, especially when they were in the Premier League, Blackpool, and they had the uh, the parachute payments afterwards. They were literally just extracting that money away from the club and into their own pockets. Yeah, it's it's shocking. Um there is a legal. T- well, the, 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 glim- the glimmer of hope for Berry, though, is that they're so they consulted. The EFL is consulting all other clubs in the football league as to Berry's potential future of being reinstated into League Two next That's, season. Uh, yeah, so their league legal team are already working on that because they've effectively been expelled from this season. So they are hoping that if they can get their books in order, they'll just go into League Two next season. Um, hopefully, they can get it all sorted. It would be a. I mean, it sounds like there are potential owners in place 
Um, hopefully they'll be making proper checks, but they need to start improving this because we almost lost Bolton as well, who were in the Premier League only eight years ago, right? Quick note on Bolton. They're playing Bradford City tonight in the Football League Trophy and they're fielding their youngest ever lineup, consisting of three 17-year-olds. Which is what they've done all season. Yeah, but they lost the last three games 5-0, Yeah, right? they've been getting yeah. smashed. And, um, yeah. It's 1-0 at the moment, 78th minute. Good for them. Good for them. They've Good scored. for them. Good for them. Yeah, horrible situation. Um, football is, in this country, is in a dangerous position, because obviously you've got people that chase the dream and run out, which is kind of how this all started. Um I, I worry for some of these teams that get into the Premier League and go chasing it um, and then don't maybe stay in the league or at some point maybe even the Premier League money won't be as significant as it is right now. Obviously, we're talking about billions of TV deals right now, but I don't believe that Sky are kind of getting their value for money on that. And at some point, I wonder if that bubble might burst. Um, it's it's a concern. We've got so many football teams in this country. I, I kind of feel in comparison to other countries, and that's more, probably me being more ignorant than anything because I'm sure there are teams that have histories much like many of our teams that are in our lower leagues here. Uh, our professional structure is one of the best across across the yeah. world in terms of you know the depth of professional It is vast, leagues. isn't it, when you think about it. Well, we've got four, four professional leagues. Um, yeah, it's a concern. Uh, but fortunately, there are always those... Um, those good stories such as uh, Salford City um, so you know it's not always doom and gloom that's controversial in itself then isn't it speaking of doom and gloom two big talking points from two title challenges both occurred this weekend we've got two stories one around Mane and Salah where the player known as Mohamed Salah refused to pass to the player known as Sadio Mane and uh, Sadio Mane decided to throw a bit of a tantrum on the bench, which I love. I love a bit of passion like that. On the other side, you've got Laporte going down with what looks to be quite a serious injury. What's the biggest story here and who's, who's it going to affect long term? Mr. Lee. Um, I, I feel like the Liverpool situation can be, that can be resolved. It's something I've picked up on myself just watching Liverpool play. Um, Apparently the stats don't back it up, but I swear to God when I watched uh, Liverpool play, Salah doesn't pass to Mane as often as probably the stats what do he back, does. The, the stats they literally do back, back yeah, that up, mate. Yeah. yeah well, there you go then. In that case, then one point proof. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Salah, Salah, look, you know, he he needs a lot of shots to to get his ratio to where it is. You know, for the last couple of seasons. Um, Mane, when he first came to Liverpool, he wasn't producing the numbers that Salah did when he first came in. Mane last season he was like you know obviously joint golden boot scorer. Uh, he wants to you know he I think you know he he wants to be a part of that. He wants that success again. And I think just on that particular moment you know it was a dead obvious ball he should have played. He should have squared it. He didn't. It kicks off. I, f- I feel like that can be, can be controlled. It can be resolved. I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a subconscious thing now where with Salah because it's been maybe brought to the mainstream into the media. Maybe he will subconsciously try and play the ball more. Regarding City with Laporte, um, well, apparently City have no money, which is why they, they, they couldn't <laughs> sign anyone, you know, another centre-back, apparently. Oops. Um, which is what Pep's come out and he's said, He's fucking, he? he's hilarious, that man. <laughs> he really Jesus. is. Um, they, they couldn't afford Maguire, anyway, put it that way. So, um, yeah, I, I, you, you could argue it's probably more damaging. Well, you know, I think it's Absolutely. more damaging long-term. Yeah. But 
Pep has got history of like converting midfielders into centre backs and, and and playing people out of position and, and getting results. Plus, City don't really concede too many chances, and they like to score a lot of goals. So, you know, my only big concern is when it comes to actually City Liverpool itself. I feel like Liverpool will be rubbing their hands with Glee, Otter, Mendy, and Stones if that is you know the, the you know the the, pet, the partnership on the day. Um, so yeah, I feel like I feel like City have uh, certainly lost more out of the two situations that we've highlighted. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, City have have lost big time. Um, they didn't replace Vincent Company, who obviously left uh, mm. for his playing manager role, which has left them a centre half light going into this season. Now they are <laughs> their best centre half light now, so they are stuck with Stones and Otamendi, which sounds horrible to be honest. That is a disaster at the back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see either Kyle Walker. Uh, coming into centre half, or or certainly Fernandinho, like you said, he's got a reputation of being able to do that. I think Fernandinho has even said as much. They expect to probably be playing some centre half this year. I think in terms of the league, I've, I've, like you say, City maintain possession, they retain possession, they don't concede too many chances. Um, where it will hurt them though is obviously in the European Cup, and it's it's interesting, like you say, uh, they've gone out to English teams both times in the last two years in the European Cup, and um, I think that we'll probably see. You know some of the bigger boys back at the top table as opposed to what happened last year. I think it's a big blow for them, really, and their their aspirations to win in the European Cup this year. I I don't believe they can win the European Cup without um, Amirk Laporte at centre half. On the Mane Salah thing, like I say I don't think there's any harm in having uh, players that are so motivated to score goals. I think where the problem comes in though, um, you, you touch on Salah. Salah shoots all the fucking time. Like and it's first time, he and it, it, it's worked for him well at Liverpool because he scored an awful lot of goals in doing it. But he does waste a lot of chances. I think in the um, Community Shield, I think he had something like eleven shots on goal. It's something absolutely ridiculous, and it's fine when you're winning games, but it's not fine when you're not. Um, his bullshit. It was bullshit. Basically, it's complete and utter bullshit on his part on Saturday. You could see the second that Mane, uh, it was Mane and Firmino that got the goals right. Uh, had scored goals and you could see immediately at that point he was doing whatever he could do to score a goal it was no longer about what the team needed to do it was just personal gratification in scoring goals as well because I think that he probably does look at money and goes I shared the golden boot last year I preferred it when I had it on my own and it's not good for the team I thought Mane was well within his right to be kicking off like that I imagine the discussion probably did continue in the dressing room fortunately they have a manager like uh, Jurgen Klopp who can probably ease the tension Uh, and control that and kind of um, channel that into a positive. He can control the media as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He smiled it off, didn't he? Um, He can't control what goes on in Mane's head, though. No. And Mane... I I disagree with the pair of you. I think think this this is a bigger thing than the Man City one. Barcelona didn't have any centre-offs. You know, PK and they made Mascarano a centre-off. Do you know what I mean? They replaced Poyol with Mascarano. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact of the matter is, Man City dominate games. They don't need they don't need to have a defender playing back there because their defenders need to be able to play the ball. And putting someone like Fernandinho there is absolutely fine. I, I literally don't think they'll notice it. To be honest with you, I genuinely do not think they'll notice it because I even against the bigger teams, the big boys. No, I don't think they'll notice it. I think you guys, you've both basically ridiculed Otamendi and Stones. I, I think you're absolutely sleeping on the pair of them. I think. They complement each so other well. Stones, Otamendi. Otamendi's fine. He's been rusty. He's barely played. 
Yeah, but he's fine. He's a decent defender, man. Yeah, he's got. He's not elite level, of course he's not. But for that Man City team, he's more than capable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. So what um, happens when one of those get injured? Then? All right. What happens when <laughs> fucking um, all your defenders get injured? Do you mate, know what I mean? Like, it could, mate, we're in mate, the same boat, mate. We've every, got one. We've got we one don't. backup centre back. I said it earlier. Every single team is an injury crisis away from from their entire season changing around. What if Mane and Salah both get injured tomorrow? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you can say this. Well, they won't be arguing anymore. You can, you <laughs> they will be. You They'll be arguing in the dressing room, mate. They'll be on the treatment ta- tables next to each other arguing. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that's deep rooted, though, because, like, if you're playing with Ronaldo or Messi and they put numbers up consistently and they are perfection in everything they do and they don't pass you the ball, you ain't getting on their back about it because you know that nine times out of ten, it was them that bailed you out last week when they had one shot and scored it. With Salah and Mane, I've, Mane's reaction to me says, I, I think I'm as good as you. And I think you need to be paying me more respect. And when you start talking, it, it, when it slants that way, that's when you have an issue. That's when egos struggle to coexist. And yeah, you do get many, every great sports team has a team full of players with big egos. But I, Liverpool haven't had to deal with this yeah. Well, look, Teddy Sheringham and Andy Cole famously didn't get on long, did they? Yeah, but they were winning the league and winning stuff. I mean, obviously Liverpool won the Champions League last year, but they ain't won that league yet. Yeah, and fair. this is we'll where see, it we'll gets see how interesting it pans out then, won't we? I mean, this is it. Indeed, this is the good, the good thing about this situation. Is we will see how it pans out. I don't believe it will, the port will impact City in the league. They'll still win the league. I just, I just do wonder in the later stages of the Champions League. Fortunately, they have an absolute banter group. Um, in their European Cup, they always have a banner group. Are you, are you on a customary trip to like Kiev or, or somewhere like that, or you know Ukraine? Are you claiming that there's uh, some sort of conspiracy? Yes, they <laughs> mate. They always get banner teams in these competitions every single time. Their cup competitions, they're all everything. Lee's, Lee, Lee, the time master has spoken. I want to hear about your Euro transfers, mate. Right, okay. So last segment of the day before winners and losers. Yeah. I'm going to give you kind boys and girls back home a nice little roundup of European transfers because obviously the, the, the English deadline happened a willy while ago. The European deadline just happened on Monday. So we've got some deals and I haven't gone through like obviously all of them. There's um, going to be a bunch I've missed out. And there's obviously the big ones in the summer like your Eden Hazards, your fucking Griezmanns, your, your, your what was it, Yao Felix and all that kind of stuff. But more, time, I've, got some, I've got some more of the interesting ones down at the bottom here. Down the bottom. We've got some deadline day ones, have we? We've got some deadline day ones. Right, hang on. Oh, here we go. I found them now. I found them. So I've got some interesting ones. The first one is Kaylor Navas to PSG on loan in exchange for Ariola to Real Madrid. Oh, no, sorry. Kaylor Navas has gone for 13 million, sorry. Ariola's gone to Real Madrid on loan. Okay. Real Madrid have just sold their best goalkeeper to Paris Saint Germain for some reason. That says to me that De Gea is going there next season. Ooh, ooh! He ain't signing a deal, man. And I wouldn't don't blame him. Well, we, we watched uh, Real Madrid the other night and caused hard with Paul. So yeah, <laughs> Mate, Real Madrid a bit of a baffling Paul. decision to get rid of probably a decent backup goal. Gareth Bale, two goals, red card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah, they they were awful. We, we look, we tell you, we look at people like United and Chelsea. And you know, even Everton putting in and Spurs putting in dysfunctional performances. That Madrid performance was absolutely abysmal. 
My mate, God. We're bringing Evans soon to this ball. Well, you can't score other than crosses, mate. Well, we scored three at the weekend, mate, so I'm happy. Oh, look out. Um, other players. So Chicharito leaves the Premier League. Took a massive pay cut, didn't he? Took a big pay cut. He's gone to Sevilla for £7 million. It's sunnier there. Well, mate, working his, working could his be magic. Euros. Who knows? You've got uh, Icardi. He's gone to PSG on loan. I saw Woods' tweet. Woods, talk about your tweet about this. <laughs> I, I, for the life of me, can't get my head around this one. I really can't. You have a dressing room which is already combustible with um, Mbappe, Neymar, Cavani. So you just got egos for days and you're going to add Icardi into that. A player that basically was so poisonous that Inter Milan needed to get him out of their dressing room. This is fucking... Re- no, they, they thought Lukaku and Sanchez were, were, were better for the dressing room harmony than Icardi. <laughs> is, there, is there a view to buy on that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's 65, yeah. oh, 70 really? million. Yeah. Now, I can see that getting done for what it's worth because I think Neymar will go next summer or Mbappe will go next summer. Uh, but like in terms of what they needed, um, when they went out to, to Manchester United, I don't necessarily think it was because they had problems. Although, although what I will say is that every February... Their superstar Brazilian goes off back home to spend a week or two with his sister, which left them short actually against Manchester United. So maybe they are thinking bigger picture that Icardi can come in and play those February through March dates while uh, Neymar, is, Neymar playing is playing with his sister. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Huh? Just playing on the beach, aren't they? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Henrik Mkhitaryan came, came on on the North London derby and was woeful yet again and uh, he's now gone to Roma on loan so Roma are literally building a Premier League rejects team it's quite amusing do you think that that performance uh, cemented his move <laughs> do you think Emery was just like now nah, I'm done now I am literally done with this guy is, um, it's, I think it's safe to say that Henrik Mkhitaryan the nice man that he is did not cut the Premier League mustard. So, so just part, just to, as you touched upon with Mkhitaryan, and obviously Sanchez also went in the in the window. So, just to recap on on that oh wonderful bit of transfer business at the time, which everyone was talking about. Uh, oh you know, Arsenal get a great deal, May United get a great deal. Failures all round. No one got a great Failures deal. Failures all round. No, no deals for us. Yeah, no deals for us. So you mentioned Andone earlier, the leg breaker. I did. Yeah. Uh, off, he, off, he's gone. So his last act was the, the leg break. His last act was the leg break. <laughs> and uh, he's gone to Galatasaray, where I'm sure they'll be feasting their eyes on many more to come. And they'll probably quite enjoy it as well. <laughs> um, so who's heard of Edir Belanta? No, no, no. Seasoned football manager aficionados <laughs> who will have heard Edir Belanta, a man who led me to many successes a few years ago. Well, he has made the massive move the absolute massive move. He's taken that big step up, Mr. Collard, from FC Basel to Club Bruges. Wow. Yeah. So, and he's a football manager legend, isn't he? He's a football manager, a wonder kid from, from a few years ago. Now playing for Bruges. Now playing for Bruges. Not, mm. not so good. Um, Sounds fa- like a Gail Kakuta. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Another random player from yesteryear. I, now, to be honest with you, Woods, when we were talking about watch, uh, watch which topics to talk about this week... I'm surprised you didn't open with this because it does concern Chelsea and would have allowed you to talk about Chelsea for a while, you see. Because we haven't got a Chelsea topic today. Um, Lucas Paison has moved away from Chelsea. No. Permanently. I am shocked by that. He has gone to Rio Ave. I think that's just on, it's on loan, isn't it? I think it's a... I think it's I a, thought it was a he signed the new I contract. I thought it was a contract with... and then he's gone online. Because uh, che- that's, what, that's what Chelsea do. They, they, I thought he'd gone because he's like fucking. They, the guy goes out on loan every season. I know, and I thought that he'd finally gone. 
no, I, I don't believe that's the case. I will double check this. Of course they will. When you're doing your winners and Chelsea, um, don't Chelsea have another player as well? Like is it Bubba Bubba Raman? Yeah, new one year Stuck extension him on, a long on online. <laughs> Back out alone. So you mentioned uh, Icardi for PSG. In fact, they might be hilarious. Do you remember that time when PSG signed another superstar in Hesse? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He's gone to Sporting. Hmm. See you later, Hesse. And obviously, the majority of these moves are, as you said, loans. Because that's how transfers get done these days. Now, I would like to talk about Galatasaray's dealings in the transfer window this summer. This is my last little bit on the matter because I'm six minutes and ten seconds into this segment. And I apologise profusely. I know you're looking at me. And I'm wasting more time now by apologising. I want to hear about Galatasaray. Galatasaray have signed the following players. Well, we know about Androni. Christian Luyendama. Don't know who he is. Um, from Stanley Age for four and a half million pounds. They've signed uh, John Michael Seri from Fulham. They've signed there's a loan fee of one point three five million pounds. They've got Mario Lemina from Southampton. Good, good for nine hundred grand. They've got Florian what, Andone. Yeah, oh, that's a loan fee. Oh, sorry. Right, okay, I, yeah, I, sorry. I should preface that they're all loan yeah. fees, of course. Uh, Andone loan fee six hundred thirty grand. They've got some guy from M called Emre Moore from Celta Vigo, another loan fee. Valentin Ozor 14, a centre back from mm, he's from Nigeria. I'm not going to pronounce that team name. For 270 grand. They've got Ryan Babel. Ryan Babel yeah, from, from Fulham. That's actually a transfer, it's a free transfer. Uh, they signed Okan Kokoch. A goalkeeper from Burrisball, and that's a free transfer. Jimmy Dermez, a right winger from Toulouse, a free transfer. Steven Nzonzi. We remember Steven Nzonzi, don't we? He, he's on loan from Roma. They've signed Adam Boyuk, a left winger from uh, another team that I'm not going to pronounce. They've signed Senair Osber... How long is this list? Osberakli from Fenerbahce. That was, that was a free transfer. They've signed Tegelin Antel Yali. I don't care now, mate. From... From Erzurum Sport. <laughs> I don't know who these players are. And then finally, Falcao. Hey, They've the, got the big Falcao one. as well on a free transfer from Monaco. They've signed some players, mate. Mate, 25,000 people turned up to see Falcao at the airport. That's more than what he was getting when he was playing at Monaco. <laughs> That's madness, isn't it? It was absolute chaos. It was so good. It was so good. But Turkey loves a player coming in, right? Didn't like Darius Vassell get like some sort of hero's welcome hero's all those welcome, years ago? Yeah. yeah. Did I miss any? Did I miss any transfers that you want to talk about? Definitely, obviously, definitely, obviously, not, definitely not a Galatasaray. From, 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 a, from a United point of view, we've gotten rid of Smalling and Damian and Sanchez. Italy, is, Italy seems to have hoovered up all your trash. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it was uh, kind of surprising. But no, I think like, the standout obviously was Icardi and I just, I just think it's absolutely insane. A, a dressing room that's already got that level of ego in there just to add one more to it petulance it, yeah it, it like i said it's, it's it's not just adding kerosene to a bonfire it's like literally littering it with uh dynamite and grenades and just going well i hope this works out okay time for winners and losers lee give me a loser we know who it is well we know who it is don't we? mr mr sunez um when you've got racial undertones in your punditry it's time to probably move on I mean, we like the guy when he is on form, when he is sort of berating someone, but when it gets to the point where he's, I don't know, I just feel like he's a bit... He looked out of his depth when he was sitting next to Jose Mourinho, and I think you remarked on it, or someone did, when we watched the game, and it was just like, Mourinho knows what he's talking about. He's a proven manager, won fucking millions of titles, 
soon as what, what have you done mate you planted the flag he planted the flag exactly that's what yeah. I was going to say so, so yeah for me I feel like he's just a bit outdated now and I think maybe it's time for him to move on Woods give me a loser God um, I'll, I'll go with um, I want to say VAR but it's, it's hard to kind of follow up Lee just absolutely burying a racist and just going oh yeah well the computers don't work so well <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, I'll, I'll stick with it because um, but really Lee's right it's, it's, it's Graham Sooners he's, he's a proper bum uh, but yeah VAR uh, is still shit and it needs improvement you know what actually no scrap that Cesar Asper the Equator check the stats on that literally teams turn up to Stanford Bridge and they're like we're just going to basically focus all our attention down Chelsea's right hand side and there's a reason for it because as for the quiet, isn't just finished. I mean, he is he is just completely dead out there, mate. I cannot wait for Reese James to get back. What about yourself? Eggs in the basket, Chelsea boy. <laughs> Reese James, Callum Hudson, a doy. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, for, 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 <laughs> um, for me... Don't forget about Tammy Abrahams and Mason Mount too. <laughs> It's <laughs> good, it is good. I'll, I'll give that. Sorry, no, 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 sorry. it's good. Sorry, it's Woods. Good. Sorry, Woods. Um, I want to hear you lose Yeah, for me, um, very Man United focused. Um, Marcus Rashford ain't a centre forward. Oh, he's mate, his stats are terrible, aren't they? He's fucking shit, mate. He's absolutely awful up there. Like, there was, I saw, a, I saw like some conversation online talking about, oh, you know, the fact is, we're now put, because we put in a number of decent balls into the box. Dan James especially put some good balls into the box. Marcus Rashford does not have any even semblance of striker's instinct. He's never in the right position at the right time. Makes the wrong... We say, oh, yeah, well, he makes the wrong decisions. You know, he's young and stuff like that. But young players, if, they're, if they've got that natural... They can sniff a chance. They do it at a young age. And unless Solskjaer can teach him how to do this but then let's forget let's not forget Solskjaer was a bench player can I, can I just quickly ask when he first came in or when he was in your youth setup, winger he was a, he was yes. a winger okay it makes sense then doesn't it I, I, the guy is stealing a living playing for us he's on like 300 grand a week or something and he, this season he's getting found out massively because he has not got uh, he, I, I don't think he has the potential I don't think he's got a high ceiling and I think you'll see him go the same kind of way as Jesse Lingard has, where he's a nothing player. He's a nothing player. He's the kind of, like, for me, there is no difference between the type of impact on a team that, like, Marcus Rashford has and, like, someone like a, a punchin. You know, you, you're going to get a good goal every maybe 10, 15 games. Other than that, he ain't doing much. Yeah. Because he ain't effective. <laughs> He ain't effective. If he's not scoring goals, he ain't effective. But that's the issue. He had that period, didn't he, when Solskjaer first came in to, you know, took over and he scored like a, throughout that period across Christmas. But if you take away them goals, I think he scored 12 goals like, either side of that period. And now he takes... Over like 80 appearances or something. And now he know, takes corners and, 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 and free kicks and everything. What? Earn your spot. You ain't earning nothing. Man United have only got themselves to blame for this, haven't they? Oh, yeah, no. It just it, it aggravates me. Can I talk about my winner instead? Yep, man. Go for it. Now, I reckon, Woods, that your winner is going to be the same as my winner. My winner is Michael Owen. <laughs> oh, it's the just, mate. So, Michael Owen has a new book out called Reboot My Life. 
my time. And if you don't know if you've seen the cover of the book, it's Owen looking really moody in a black and white shot with a hoodie, a black hoodie adorning his head, looking really sexily into the camera, hungrily, if you will. Hungry for you, the, le- the, the, the reader, to, to, to delve into his story. Because it's his story, he's rebooting because it's his life, you see. And in the book, he makes no bones about the fact that he fucking hates Newcastle. And it's glorious because he went to... Tw- uh, there was, so basically, uh, BT Sport put an interview up of him uh, talking rather derogatory about, uh, about, about Newcastle. Because basically he came out and said they believe that their club is 10% bigger and their team is 10% better than it actually is. This kind of delusion is especially true of Newcastle United, which, as I reach for the nearest tin hat, is only a big club in the sense that it has a lot of fans and a big stadium. And he said that for the last seven to eight years of his career, he hated it and he couldn't wait to retire. Alan Shearer came out. It's bait, isn't it? He's just bait. It's just absolute bait. bait. Um, Alan Shearer came out and quoted this and then said, yes, Michael, we also thought that also whilst on 120 grand a week. To which Owen then replied, not sure you as loyal to Newcastle as you make out, mate. I distinctly remember you being inches away from signing for Liverpool after Sir Bobby Robson put you on the bench. You tried everything to get out. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, you, you summed this up in a tweet, Woods, where you said, this is the most exciting Michael Owen has been since 1998. Yep. <laughs> it's oh, it's, it's absolutely I didn't brilliant. see this coming, mate. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. No. I did not see this coming. I, I tell you what, though, I bet Shearer went bowling in thinking, I'm going to basically lay it down here. Here you go, Michael. We didn't give a fuck about you. You were just basically stealing a living. He, I bet he didn't expect Michael Owen to turn around and go, yeah, well, you masquerade as being this loyal Geordie while you were trying to force your way out of the club. Did not see the reply from Alan Shearer on that one. He's a god. He's a god up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned down United to come to to play for for his hometown club, top scorer, but also wanted to leave the club to go play for Liverpool. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, this has got proper serious. Um, Mate, the blandest, beigest man on punditry, you know, is is all of a sudden shooting shots. It's incredible. I, I enjoyed Lineker's uh, because Lineker got involved as well. Just kind of like I like the pair of you personally. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is awkward. You know, and um, he said uh, maybe I should start a Twitter feud with Peter Beardsley, which <laughs> I enjoyed quite a little bit. But yeah, man, I'll, I'm going to keep everyone posted on these latest developments. Maybe I'm, one of us should actually read the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it's going to be all about horse racing though, and, and a little bit about football. Who wants to read about Michael Owen? Not me, Who's mate. Not it's not for me. Right, on, on next week's show, I'm going to do you all solid back home and I'm going to read out uh, Michael Owen's brand values. Now, that obviously, we all remember that. Do we, do we remember this year? I'm struggling. So oh. several years ago, My, Michael Owen was basically trying to get work and he was trying to get work as basically the face of brands, the, like some, some commercial sponsorship deals. And his, his PR agency put out a book which basically publicised how, how good it would be if Michael Owen was the face of your brand or kind of on your books. And there is a page with the background as Michael Owen's handsome little face and it has all of Michael Owen's brand values. They're incredible. And next week, just for you people at home, I'm going to read them out for you. I'm, I'm sure you cannot wait. Lee, give me a winner. Um, my winner um, I, I know I'm, I'm sitting about time as well but just to go back from my loser from last week remember it was Mike Ashley well, I learned something the other day uh, and I didn't realise this about him he paid £3 million of his own money to start in golf 3 what? 
What? Goal one was shit. I didn't even bother watching goal two. So I, I have no idea what goal three was like, but he's paid three million pounds to, 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 to be in it. It's like, fuck off, mate. You're a loser. But anyway, my what? winner. What? Is he the star? Well, I, I, I mean, I've literally not watched the film. Right, if we, if, right, if one of us is reading the book, mate, we've got to watch Goal 3 for my cash. Mate, did you watch Goal 1? It was, it no. was poor. What was it? It, it was poor. It's like about this guy, you know, basically it's kind of filmed in Newcastle where like St. James's Park. So that's how we, you know, I'm assuming Mike Ashley got involved. Oh, so is it, is it Bend It Like Beckham but with Geordies? But worse. Wow. And, and think uh, Dream Team like editing in terms of the goals. Yes. You know, in the way they scored. So, yeah. Uh, but my winner is, uh, I'm going to be a little bit biased here. I've gone for a Charleston because uh, three goals in, in a week. He, uh, he was getting a bit of pressure. Um, you know, I, I know Woods likes to bring up his £50 million <laughs> pound price tag when it's actually 35. But, uh, no, he, he needed the... Um, he needed the kind of the to get his season going a little bit, and hopefully that it will kickstart because we need him as a source of goals. So yeah, Mr. Woods took his head well. Over to you, uh, winners. Yeah, um, it's hard to to look past Michael Owen and and this situation, um, but I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with the teams that got to enjoy the Champions League draw last week. Huh? Yep. Uh, those teams those fans are those teams that got to enjoy the Champions League draw oh so, so yourself exactly myself <laughs> I, I got to enjoy the Champions League draw last week um, I'm excited to be back at the, the Premier competition at least uh, for six games whilst we try to navigate our way past Ajax Valencia and there is another Lille yes Lille can I, can I, can I point something out with this Champions League thing yes so it's a great tool for attracting players and you get a bit of bunts out of it. One thing... As Don't a, know, mate, I've been there. As a United fan, as growing up, we're expected to win the thing. Mm. Right? That's a great feeling because you always feel a bit of hope. As a Man United fan of, of recent years, where if we find ourselves somehow in this fucking competition, it's a miracle if we get out of the group. Champions League is fucking bullshit and it ain't no fun. When you when there are, when you don't think you can win it, it's horrible because it's literally when, like I was the United fan last year when we beat PSG and when we beat Juventus, who was like, "What is the fucking point in any of this? I why would I celebrate this? It's a jammy result that means nothing." I think there's a bit. Uh, that's my view on it. It's. I reckon it's, I don't know. Would obviously be very quick with this, but. With Woods, he's obviously got the enthusiasm of, you know, they're blooding the youth in. Um, with Man United, you know, things were just on the downturn. No, there's, there's no positivity around Man United, where there is kind of a little bit of Chelsea. When we played PSG last year, man, and we beat them, there was loads of positivity around us. And it killed us after we beat them. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, man. Oh, no, I do get where you're coming from. I do. I, I don't want... I, 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 I don't want to be in a competition and the only way I can win it is by scabbing it. Do you know what I mean? Is by absolutely scabbing it. I know you did that one year, boys. Yeah. Mate. And to be fair, when we won it in 99, we scabbed it and put it on Beyond Belief. And we, when we beat you guys in the final, it was on pens. But in those situations, we deserved to be in the final. It was like, you know, we deserved to be there. We were one of the best teams in, in Europe. It, I don't know. It's um, maybe a sour grapes because we're not in it and we're absolutely awful. But Aren't you in Group L? In the Europa League, the I, I, I fucking I, I, I when I saw that I thought, oh, very funny people kind of mock it, and then I was like, no, they are actually in Group L. This is 
this is just basically just piling on at this point, isn't it, on United fans? We're not even going to get out of that group either. Okay. It's, I, 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 I hate us, okay? I'll be clear about it. I hate us. I feel like maybe in the coming weeks we'll get another Mikey Man United rant. We'll see how we look after the international Lingard break. number seven, oh. mate. Fuck off. Dreams can come true. <laughs> Spe- speaking of which, Mikey, what are we getting Lee to sing out this week? That's a, good, that's a hell of a point. I just had a little warm-up. Wasn't it, wasn't so, it, didn't uh, we have a special request from one of our favourite listeners? We did have a, was special a special request. request. I'm not too sure Lee's going to be able to deliver this, though, mate. Right, from a certain Matthew Jackson has requested uh, the John Barnes rap. <laughs> <He's kidding. laughs> no, no, I need, I need the music. Um, I can't remember how it goes. You've got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can't be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I can't remember the next line. I mean, it's... it's, it's how, about, it's, how, it's, how about we go... With, Okay, good. Which one are you? No, no, it was better than I could do, mate. I think because I just go straight to the chorus. We're playing for England, England. I suppose it's apropos. We know we've got the international break. This is it. This is it. Can you just hum three lines for me? Or can I do like my mate Alex Awobi chant? All right, we'll do the Alex Awobi chant. So we'll be singing out on. Alex Awobi Wobi, Alex Awobi Wobi, Alex Awobi Wobi, Alex Awobi. Is that how we say goodbye? Yeah, we should uh, we should say goodbye on that note, shouldn't we? So, Arriva Dirty from Moi. Good night. And thank you. I enjoyed it. It's good. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.